This is the Contractor Momentum Podcast, and today I'm having a quick chat with Mike Nikolai of Triton Air in Orange County, California, on the benefits of private labeling equipment. Let's jump into it. Mike, what percent of your revenue is private label there at Triton Air? About 35% of our revenue is private labeled sales. Private label, 35% of your revenue. What, what types of items are you selling as private label? Like, like, what is the bulk of it? Are you guys selling thermostats private label, condensers, handlers? Yep, you got it. Thermostats, that's a biggie. You know, anything that the client's going to be putting their hands on or looking at a lot is something that I highly recommend for private labeling. And there's some cool things you can do with that as well, where you put like a lifetime warranty on that thermostat and who are they going to call? They always think it's the thermostat anyways. So you can do some cool stuff with that. We do furnaces, air conditioners, indoor air quality devices. I've seen other companies do all sorts of different private labels just to create that, create that exclusivity, which is I'm sure some things we're going to be talking about today. So is the 35%, is that growing at the moment or is that declining? Are you guys seeing an uptrend in the actual private label sales on your end or a decline? It you know, so where were you at? Let's say where were you at two years ago as a percentage of sales with the private label? Uh, that would be 0%, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was 0%. And we made the shift about a year ago. And it's been fantastic and it's definitely growing every single year. We're really just getting getting our wheels turning on this. So why did you guys shift to private labeling? So some reasons why we did it is basically to reduce competition. So, you know, basically no one else can sell a Tritonair unit except for Tritonair. So that's number one. It creates exclusivity. Number two is uh, brand awareness. So if anybody's ever worked with a major manufacturer before and they've received a lead from that major manufacturer, that's proof that private labeling works because that's what we want. We want when that system breaks, they, we want them to think about us, not think about anybody else. And, you know, no matter how big of a company you are or small of a company, you can make this work to your benefit for sure. And it's another way for us to, when, when I shared exclusivity, we want to provide a product that is actually better than what the manufacturer originally provided. And in some cases, we can do that. Well, let's talk about that in a second. But one thing I want to kind of touch on, are, are there any financial benefits to private labeling on your end? I mean, because what, what you've mentioned now is basically on the marketing and sales side of things, right? You want brand exclusivity, you want brand recognition. And well, those are the two things that are ultimately going to influence the customer's buying decision. But what about between you and the manufacturer, you guys, do you guys get your private labeled equipment at a lower cost? How much lower? Buying volume? Is there any anything? Well, t talk about the numbers kind of behind it. Let's, let's just kind of sure. go in that direction. Well, the first thing I'll share with you is just an analogy here. I think we've all gone to the grocery store and seen products and and different different packaging. Same product just has a different package on it, and each one of those products has a different type of marketing account and marketing budget from the manufacturer. So same thing happens in our industry, which is heating and air conditioning. We deal with the big boys and the big boys have their marketing budgets and they've got their salespeople. Well, it just happens to be that a lot of manufacturers also make the same piece of equipment or something exceptionally similar that doesn't have a well-known brand attached to it. And so because of that, we often can get those products at a reduced cost from our vendors. 
And then when you couple that with negotiation and things like that, the next thing you know, you're working with another vendor that offers this other brand. And perhaps you can negotiate something with them where they're going to work along with you to provide actually the label itself or a tag that goes on on the piece of equipment or part, as well as maybe even literature or some sort of support for that product to partner with either in a co-op situation, or they may cover the expense entirely based on how many sales you're doing with them. So so the vendors are actually producing sales literature too, with your logo and naming and all that information on it. Yes, they do offer that as an option, 100%. Gotcha. And pricing relative to, you know, buying manufacturer, I'm not going to name any, I was about to name a manufacturer name, but let's not do that yeah. for the right. sake for the sake of public right. distribution yeah, of sure. content here. But manufacturers, roughly, you know, what percentage of savings do you guys find by private labeling or buying kind of the non-name brand and rebranding it to your own name? You know, I've seen prices go from as as big of a, as a 25% price drop to 10%. So, I mean, we see some big price differences between that. And again, if that's to cover their profits, I suppose, and their marketing expenses and sales revenues, for or sales commissions for their salespeople. Gotcha, gotcha. So, you know, they're they're saving money because they're not spending money on commissions. Is that what you're saying? Is that how they're reducing the they're they're reducing it? I believe that to be true, a hundred percent. But you know, I I don't know exactly all the inner workings of these each manufacturer, of course. But based on our industry, we definitely see that you know, with with our private label, we really don't have a sales representative. And with the non-private label, we do. And there is substantial cost difference between the two. And uh, that is one difference that I see between the two is the marketing and the salespeople and support. Yeah. Now, most of your vendors, are they labeling the equipment before it gets to you? Or is this something that you guys are doing in-house? We do it in-house. Okay. So we, we have the labels for our furnaces and air conditioners here. And they, they arrive with one label on them. We remove that label and we put our own label on them. And, you know, you can do this with any product that you buy. Yeah. Once it's yours, it's yours to do with what you will. You can, you can modify it. You can remove their branding and put your own branding on there. Absolutely. I, I will say, I guess I will, having gone down this road from the, well, having gone down this road from a side I wish I didn't cross. The one thing you do have to consider though is patents. If, if rebranding patents, that kind of throws you into a, you know, a gray area, if not black area sure. or red area. You know, So if you're out there listening, do, do keep that in mind. You don't want to kind of relabel something that's patented without authorized permission to do so. But that said, you know, Mike, I'm sure most of the vendors that you're working with explicitly tell you or encourage you to relabel and rebrand the equipment. Would you agree with me on that? A thousand percent. They're providing the labels. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. In, in, our, in our case, they are. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's some other things like manufacturer warranties that you have to be careful of too. That, that. was going to be, that was going to be my next question. Cause you know, this whole thing is kind of ringing liability bells in my mind, yeah. right? Yep. You know, you're putting your brain, you're branding it as yourself. So you're assuming Correct. Warranty, and then you mentioned a lifetime warranty. So, can you talk about that and how the warranty, at least in the HVAC trade where where you're operating, 
is impacted by the branding, right? So yeah. if you you know is if if you've got a coil that's leaking and let's just say hypothetically I do not know in your scenario but let's just say it's a Goodman equipment that you're rebranding is Goodman honoring a uh, materials and labor warranty on that. So in our case, a thousand percent, the manufacturer is honoring the warranty. Number one, they're really not out there on the job seeing the label that's on the unit. But number two, it, I don't think it really matters. They're they're standing behind their product, and I've never seen an issue with that. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I've never seen an issue with that. And as far as warranties go, like with the lifetime warranty and things like that. Obviously, the manufacturer in this case with a thermostat, they don't offer lifetime warranties. That's something we make the choice to do if we choose to do it so that, you know, we're basically putting our arms around that customer and they're not going to call someone else because they got a lifetime warranty on their thermostat. So I do like that. The lifetime warranty on the thermostat, that in a way, I mean, you're giving the customer, and I'm sure you've caught on to this, you're giving the customer a lifetime warranty, customer likes that, but the cost of a thermostat in the absolute worst case scenario is not very much, but that's still getting the customer to call you back because they're, you know, as you said, looking at that thermostat, they think the thermostat has a problem, lifetime warranty. So in the worst case, you got to replace a thermostat that's still keeping your line of communication with the customer open. Yeah, and I would agree with you that uh, the client associates the system with the thermostat. And so when they when there is a problem, they usually think it's something going on with the thermostat. Yeah. So and that's that's typically not the case. Yeah. We we all know that. Yeah, one hundred and ten percent. That's been my limited experience in HVAC. So now on the sales side of things, when your guys go into somebody's home, at what point do they bring up the private label? Is that something that comes up real quick? Is that something that the customers are asking for? Or is that something, you know, you leave out until the customer starts requiring more details? Maybe you guys are saying, hey, here's your gold, silver, bronze, silver, and gold packages. Pick one, you know, and then waiting until the customer asks, well, what brand is this? Sure. So we we lead with private label, period. If it's a Triton lead, then that's what we're leading with. And if we do run into a client, and this is why it's important, I think, to have two lines, is when you do run into a client that is very brand specific and they feel uneasy about your private brand. This is something perhaps, I was going to ask you about, so keep rolling. Yeah, and, and if the competition maybe is, is you know, undermining the customer's faith because they've spoken to other people or what have you, you know, it gives you that backup. So you can say, okay, no problem. Just know, you know, this is going to cost a little more and we can provide you with that brand. It's not a problem. Again, it's going to, comes off the same factory floor and it's the same thing and it might look a little different with a different paint scheme or something like that but here you go here's the equipment and we can offer you that and and so you've got you've got that backup plan ready to go yeah gotcha so so always having a backup plan for those customers that are brand sensitive i guess would be the proper term for this you know how what, what percentage of your customers do you feel like are brand conscious, right? Like they're saying, I want to train, I want to root, I want to ream, you know, versus those that really don't care too much. I would say you're probably looking at below 10% of, of your clientele are, are very brand specific. You know, it depends on what type of personality they have and, and yes. what's important to them. Some people do a lot of homework. So those people that do a lot of homework, you can say, hey, you know what? Absolutely. 
you've got those features and you want those benefits, we have that. It's just got our name on it. That's the only difference. Same components, same everything. Here you go. But if you don't feel confident in that, we can provide you with that. And we explain, the, we explain the whole thing with salesperson's commissions. We explain the marketing budgets and those monies have to come from somewhere. And so therefore the product is going to cost a little bit more. Gotcha. So you're selling your private label a little bit lower cost than what you would a branded product. Yes. Am I hearing you correct? Okay. That's absolutely correct. Now, a couple things before we wind down. One thing I want to know is what's it, what are you doing and what, what do you think it's going to take to get that percentage of your sales up from 35%? You know, if, if somebody wanted to increase their sales, their private label sales, what do you think would work and what are you guys doing? Because it sounds like you're making a concerted effort and sounds like you're very happy with the, you know, with selling private label. So where, where are you taking this and how are you increasing that percentage and why is that percentage not higher? So first of all, the percentage isn't higher simply because we work with a retail partner and cost ah. and um, so we, we are tied to a certain brand in regards to that. Yes. But you know, with private, with private branding, as far as ways that we're going to be continuing to increase it is really going to be focusing on customizing the equipment to make it as reliable as possible. So, you know, things, you know, I, I would, I would encourage anyone to like, to, if, if they're not mechanically inclined, talk to their service and repair team or the people that the boots are on the ground to find out what's working with the product that you're selling and what's not working. Is there some place that you can enhance the product in some way? to make it more reliable, to make it quieter, things like that. And you can start tweaking the equipment actually before it gets sold. And when you start doing things like that, your sales team will really, really feel good about the product and they'll feel very confident about the product. And it just increases the encourage or the enthusiasm that they're going to have about the product with the client. And when you start doing things like that, you're really separating yourself from everybody else. Not only do you have the brand name on the piece of equipment, but you've got these hacks, quote unquote, that you've done with the piece of equipment to make it even better than it, than the way it was when it came off the factory floor. And you're doing that stuff in-house once the equipment actually gets to you. That's correct. So any examples you can share with us on you know what you might have up your sleeve or what you guys are already doing? Yeah, so we do reliability enhancements such as controls that are inside an air conditioning unit that normally wear out. There, there's products out there that don't wear out. There's surge protection. So if you're, you know, if, if you want to protect sensitive electronics, you would put in a surge protection for an outdoor unit or indoor unit. Anti-corrosion things that you can apply to the product to make it so that it lasts longer. Energy e efficiency enhancements in our case. So those are some things that we do to make the system more reliable and last longer and really nobody else is doing that differentiators is what you're putting into the system yes so before we wind down here two things i want to ask you you know is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to share and then finally we got someone in the facebook group that says hey non-exact words hey i'm an electrician what can i private label so let's cover those things starting with you know is there anything that we haven't covered you'd like to share with our audience on private labeling there's a cool little hack with thermostats and I'm sure there's other manufacturers out there that do this, but a lot of manufacturers label parts, materials, and thermostats. 
And one cool little trick is you can use brake fluid to remove the manufacturer's print so that it just shows your name on there. So that's, that's a cool little hack. As far as electrical goes, you know, you've got things like home surge protectors. So that's something that electricians use and sell. You could private label your own home surge protector and find a brand that you really believe in and really like, and, and you could have that. If something goes wrong with that, they're going to call you more than likely than they are going to call someone else if they know anything about that product. And if your name is on it, if they go yeah. to look at it and it's not working, they're going to they're gonna likely call you. Generators is another one for an electrician that they might be able to private label a, a piece of generator equipment outside. Smoke detectors, CO detectors. Those are some ideas that you might be able to do where you're, you're putting your name on them. All right, good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing that with us today. That's a wrap on this episode of the Contractor Momentum Podcast. If you have any questions for Mike or myself, head on over to the Contractor Momentum Lounge Facebook group and drop a new post. 